We're moving uh, quickly here uh, through James chapter 3. Uh, maybe some of you think maybe not so quick, but we're getting there. Uh, last week, Ryan did a wonderful job sharing about uh, what the impact a tongue can have. And uh, just thinking through again of that idea of the, the, the tongue can be a, a tongue of fire. It can be one that um, can be destructive like fire, or it can be one that can can cause warmth and uh, can help uh, refine like fire can. So uh, that thought comes into, okay, how is it practically being used? That's what James is really about, our faith should be put into action. Our faith should practically be revealed in what we do. That will then, in a way, justify what we say we believe. You know, if I uh, say that, you know, I am, a, you know, a superhero and uh, you watch my life and you don't ever see me, you know, flying or lifting up really strong things or using my laser eyes, then you'd wonder if, you know, is he really a superhero? I mean, those uh, are natural thoughts that if we say something, it just doesn't necessarily mean that that's what we believe. Our actions backs up what we say, what we believe. James keeps this thought going on in chapter three as he starts to talk about wisdom. And he asks this question, who is wise? And now we could easily kind of take uh, an IQ test and that measures our capacity to uh, understand or, or to be able to use uh, something within our mind and comprehend things in a test form. <laughs> and some, <coughs> excuse me, would say, well, whoever has the highest IQ, they are the wisest person. We could, uh, you know, kind of see who memorizes the most things and they can spit out facts and they can spit out statistics and they can spit out all the right information and you'd say, well, that is a wise person. In the true context of James, he's gonna say, well, wisdom isn't just about what we know. Wisdom isn't just about how much we can comprehend and process information. That wisdom is actually in what we do and how we live our lives. Now this is so important because we all need real wisdom. If you're a, a parent here, you, you need wisdom for raising your kids. If you work a job and you work within uh, the context of other people, you need wisdom on how to work with those people. You live in a neighborhood, you need wisdom <coughs> on how do I interact or engage in these people. Even if you just sit around and you just watch the news, you need wisdom and discernment on to know, well, what is uh, the stuff that I'm watching? Is that good or not good? Or is that helping or not helping? Wisdom is everywhere in our lives that we need it. And it's not just information, but it's the ability to understand what is wise. James is really going to list two ways of wisdom, so let's dive into this. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. James staying true to what he talked about. He's going to ask this question. Who is wise? Well, those who are wise are going to show it by their good deeds and how they live their life. And in that, he talks about this idea of meekness that comes from wisdom. And so we've got to understand, how am I going to prove my wisdom by the way that I live? Well, I need to understand what is meekness of wisdom. Now, when we see that, when we understand that concept, we, we can have some ideas about both meekness and wisdom. First of all, if meekness, <coughs> they're not separated from wisdom. These two things are going to work together 
together. In fact, one of the things that I kind of understand and have learned even as I get older in life is that the more that I gain in wisdom, the more that I should gain in my meekness. And the more that I gain in my meekness, the more that I end up gaining in my wisdom. In fact, I then become more drawn towards other people that are moving in that same direction of recognizing that wisdom and meekness go hand in hand and are growing in that, and I want to be more around those types of people. In fact, I want to retreat from people that aren't demonstrating meekness in connection to wisdom. Now, we say meekness. We're not just talking (coughs) about this idea of, uh, of some kind of weakness. It's actually kind of the, the moral characteristic of wisdom, <coughs> and it's not weakness at, at all. In fact, uh, meekness doesn't mean it being a coward. It has nothing to do about just peace at all times attitude. Uh, there's nothing that talks about kind of a wishy-washy or lack of confidence. All these things are, are words we gotta kind of disassociate with the word meekness. In fact, there are two people that identify themselves as meek in Scripture that we would say are not weak. First one would be Moses. Moses led the Israelites. Moses went up against Pharaoh. Moses stood there at the Red Sea and stood in confidence. All these things about Moses, and yet he called himself the most meek or the most humble, uh, different translations will use that word, but the same context, person on the face of the earth. Nobody was more meek than Moses, and yet he led the Israelites. In fact, even Jesus himself calls himself, I am gentle, or again, the same word meek, humble, again, all connected there, uh, humble in heart. (coughs) Jesus himself identifies that. And again, some of us will have pictures of just kind of a happy-go-luck Jesus, but Jesus is still the same one that, again, uh, stood in the face of, of Pilate, stood in the face of the religious leaders, stood in the face uh, of those who were selling in the temples. There, there is still strength in the idea of meekness. Those things are not weak. And so yet there's something about meekness and humbleness and gentleness that comes together. And then we look at the word wisdom. We're not just talking about those that are able to have super knowledge, those who have super information, but a meek, wise person is those that know to do the right thing as they pass through the ways of life. They know to do the right thing. No matter what comes up in that moment, in that situation, They know how to do the right thing. They might not do all the right things all the time. We're not talking about some perfect person here. But those that who are wise, James is saying, in the right moment, they're gonna do the right thing because they understand meekness of wisdom. You see, the wise, they know that God is in control and that they themselves are redeemed sinners. Thus, they can confidently meet their problems and their distractors or, or, or those that are against them with gentle assurance that God will vindicate them. There's this wonderful I, I just, just peace that comes from those who are meek in wisdom that know it's going to be okay. We're gonna work through this. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna handle this in a way that is gonna bring honor to God because I am a redeemed sinner and God is my Father who is sovereign and in control of all things. 
James doesn't just leave us with this idea of meek wisdom, but he now actually gives us an actual test that we can take. And so here's this moment where you can start taking this test. And again, keep your elbows in your sides here, okay? We don't need no any elbows to, the, to your neighbors right here, okay? Elbows gotta stay here as we look at this because this is about ourselves and not our spouses or the person sitting next to us. But let's talk, let's look how wise we are. In our meekness, do we understand if you have, first James starts with the negative, but if you are bitter and jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false in truth. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but this is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. James doesn't throw any punches, okay? Uh, Or pull any punches, sorry. He doesn't pull any punches here. He talks about this wisdom, first of all, that he describes that is not of God, is actually demonic. We'll we'll get that to in a a second here, but look at kind of the the list that he has here. Bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, arrogance, false to truth, unspiritual, earthly, demonic. Anytime we are making a decision and we're demonstrating wisdom, and it comes from a place of jealousy, selfish ambition, arrogance, false to truth, unspiritual, earthly, demonic. We, we are not demonstrating wisdom. I don't care how much knowledge you have. I don't even care if you're right in the moment. If it's coming from that place, if that's the posture that you're presenting, then it's not coming from a place that is, is the wisdom that James would be talking about here. You're missing the the meekness of wisdom. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say right things with the wrong posture that just turns me off, that I want nothing to do with it. And yet I've seen, unfortunately, the other way around where people say wrong things with the right posture and people flock to and follow it. And I know that's not right too, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying your posture and how you do it and the reason why you come before it, it matters. It makes a big deal. And how we do that, if it's coming from jealousy and ambition and arrogance, uh, if it's coming from all these other things, it is not of God. In fact, if you see this wisdom, it's kind of descending. where it descends all the way down to unspiritual, the devil, this is earthly. In fact, we use the term sometimes, I don't know why we say this, but we say we're the devil's advocate. I'm just gonna be devil's advocate here. I'm like, do we really wanna be the devil's advocate? Does he need any more advocacy or whatever uh, in life? No, he doesn't need that. But when we are demonstrating this wisdom and it's coming from these other places, it, 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 is, it is not of God, and it is a friend of the devil. In the Old Testament, in Ezekiel, there's a part in Ezekiel 34, 33, 34, it's a kind of a pretty powerful passage. This one part where Jesus, or sorry, where God comes and he talks about the leaders of Israel. You could say the, the wisdom of Israel. And in this moment, he says that the shepherds of Israel, you've been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed your sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourself with this wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you don't feed the sheep. 
The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the, the stray you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you rule over them. So they are scattered because there's no shepherd. And they have become food for the wild beasts. My sheep are scattered. They're wandering all over the mountains. On every high hill, my sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or to seek them. I'm sure these shepherds felt that they were wise. I'm sure maybe even others applauded them for their great wisdom or great leadership. And God's coming to them and saying, but you don't understand wisdom because what you're doing is only for selfish ambition. What you're doing is for your own gain, for your own motivation. It doesn't even matter how wise you think you are or others think you are. You are demonstrating earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom. And I I think about this, how often we do this stuff. We justify ourselves because something was done to us or something happened to us or this is what I thought was right or this is what I was told or this is how I was raised and we do the same things over and over and over again. And it's coming from a posture that is, is not of God. And so James concludes, if this is gonna be the state of kind of the wisdom that you're in in your household or in your neighborhood or in your community or your job, ultimately what is gonna happen? Well, it's gonna end up leading to disorder and to every vile practice. That if jealousy and selfish ambition are to be highlighted as the wisdom, it's going to lead to disorder and every vile practice. It's one of the things that I kind of sit back even in life and whether it's whether I'm looking at government or whether I'm looking at society or I'm looking at a situation and, and I don't always jump and react to every single moment because I know and I fully trust in God that life without him is going to lead to disorder. That eventually <laughs> worlds are gonna collide, ideologies are gonna conflict, things aren't going to function whenever you wanna remove God from that picture. And although I don't need to fight every single battle in there, I just need to recognize that moment's gonna come. When that moment comes, I wanna be present in that situation or in that moment so that I can help or I can lead or I can share or I can challenge whatever I need to do in that moment because it's gonna come. You know, sometimes (laughs) it's important that we end up, and I think this is where James started in chapter one when he said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, that, that quick to listen. There are some moments where we just don't have to argue or fight over certain things because we need to check our own hearts in this. And I think that's what James is getting at here in this moment. Check your heart. Because are you responding out of selfish ambition or jealousy? Are you responding out of the wisdom that, that comes from God or are you responding from the wisdom that comes from the earth? I think these are important things to be evaluating, to be thinking about that. And so James now moves on in verse 17 to what is the wisdom from above? So so that's the wisdom of below. What is the wisdom of above? Well, first it's pure, then peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. It's almost uh, another list, in fact, of kind of like the, the fruit of the spirit that Paul shares in Galatians. Well, it's kind of the, the fruit of the spirit of wisdom. 
that comes. There's seven qualities here. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And so now you start processing and thinking that. Is that the way that I, I, I parent? Is that the way that I, I live within the, the context of my office and my job? Is that the way that I live within the, the way that even I go to school and, and work with others and, and, and have conversations? Is that the way that I, I, I even look on how I discern what's happening around me in the world? Is it coming from a wisdom that is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere? Let's just take a few moments to kind of look at some of these things. What do we mean by pure? Well, <clears throat> pure is the idea of where's that motivation coming from? It's the opposite of selfish ambition. It's the idea that, that everything's been given to me in Christ, and so therefore I can set aside any kind of pride or covetedness or, or any desire that I need to do it for, for any other motivation than just the purity that I want to do it out of thanksgiving and offering back to what God has given to me. It's that purity that I'm not looking for anything in return, that I'm just doing it because <coughs> it's been given to me, so I, I let go of mixed motives of double-mindedness. I, I let go of those things. I embrace this idea that I'm serving God first and I'm coming from that pure place. And so any thoughts and discernment and wisdom is coming because of first what Christ has given to me. Peace, uh, loving or peaceful. It's that uh, understanding that the spiritual war is over, that I'm at peace with God and have a deep sense of well-being shalom. When I, I have that deep sense of peace, it means that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, searching for something. I'm not longing for something. I'm not trying to prove something. I'm not trying to earn something. I'm not trying to, to do these things for any other reasons but other than knowing that I can be okay and have peace because of what's been given to me in Christ. Now at times we're gonna, we're gonna have some, some waves and again we're acknowledging the fact that sometimes there's a biblical principle at stake. We recognize that there's moments where we gotta stand up against evil, we gotta protect those that are innocent, but we're not looking for turbulence, we're not looking for fights, we're not looking for turmoil. But we rejoice when peace is being made and we rejoice when that shalom is present that we make every effort for the unity of the spirit, as Paul says, through the bond of peace, that in every effort which leads to peace and mutual edification, Paul recognizes the value importance of unity and peace, that wisdom that comes from that. I love the ability to sit down with somebody and say, hey, it's not your problem, it's not my problem, but we got a problem. How can we win at this problem? I love telling people, even in marriage counseling, to say just think of your situations as a puzzle. And you guys gotta figure out how to, how to work through this puzzle with the pieces of who you are. Not that that person's the problem and this person's the problem and if your spouse can just get it right, then your life will be better. But you guys got a problem, you got a puzzle to figure out. Let's look at the pieces and understand the pieces so that we can put this puzzle together as God intended. There's a way to handle all these things in a peaceful, loving way, gentle. In fact, the, the uh, uh, English, <coughs> our, uh, the Archbishop 
Couldn't even figure out an English word. Uh, if he can't figure one out, I can't figure one out, that's for sure. Uh, about what, how do we translate this word gentle, but it's the idea of being considerate. It's the person that is going to be able to say, you know what, I, I'm not looking to get mine, but I'm okay, even if, if bad things happen to me, I'm not going to demand it to be my way. That's what that considerate, gentle phrase means. That person that is saying that they're not just going around and feeling like they have to have it exactly how they want it to be. Open to reason, man. I'll tell you what, when I read this one, I had a hard time thinking, man, do I, am I open to reason with my own kids? Because surely they can't know something that I don't know, right? I wonder how often are we open to reason? When we have uh, uh, discussions and in our leadership and in our dialogue, are we open to listening to, to others and, and perspectives and, and maybe different things in that? Proverbs talks about the person that is, is stubborn, the person that is stuck in their ways is the other word they use, foolish. How, how often are we foolish in our marriages, in our work, even in our own theology? The wise are, are open to reason. I think sometimes we feel threatened we feel defensive. We, we, we feel like we have to prove that, 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 that we are the authority and so we, we shut down any openness to reason. Full of mercy and good fruits and mercy uh, from a biblical perspective is not just compassion but it's compassion in actions. You can, action, you can understand why James uh, puts that in there. And so what evidence has our wisdom produced mercy and compassion for others? If mercy and good fruits go together, then there would be evidence of that to be true. How, how, how do we see that? Impartial. We don't validate or we're not looking for validation and, and just saying it, it's gonna be this way all the time or this way in someone else's time. We're, we're, we wanna be impartial. We wanna be fair within the way that we handle things. Sincere, we wanna be sincere <coughs> that we're not just kinda uh, play acting. We're not just kinda uh, pretending. We're not being hypocritical, but we're sincere. We're genuine in what our wisdom of life and the way that we live it is. See, all these things James gives to us, these seven characteristics, uh, he comes and he says, now what is the, f- what is the, the evidence of that? If, if earthly wisdom is going to lead to every vile practice and disorder, well, what's gonna happen with those if we practice wisdom? Well, it's gonna produce a harvest of righteousness that's shown in peace by those who make peace. That there's going to be a, 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 a shadow, I love that idea, a shadow that follows behind us that is going to be one of, of peace, that people can breathe and rest, that people can be who they are and not feeling somehow that they're walking on eggshells or they're uh, politically fighting with one another or the one trying to, to, to one-up the other or step on someone else's back to, to get to where they're going. There's just this sense that everyone is going to be okay as we demonstrate these acts of wisdom. You see the sense that, Paul, or that James is saying that peacemakers produce a harvest of righteousness. And so we ask these questions. Am I producing this kind of harvestness of peace and the wisdom that I'm demonstrating? 
the wisdom in my parenting, in my marriage, in my relationships, how I discern life, how I understand what's happening or going on around me? Or is there this climate of bitterness and selfish ambition that's coming or flowing from below? You see, anytime the, the scriptures list these things out, as James took the time to do that, there's intentionality in that. That these are not the, the or these are the, the ways that we can evaluate ourselves. We can ask ourselves these good questions. Like if you're wondering right now, am I wise? Look at that list and start seeing where in my life is this evident? And any area that God would bring into that moment that says, you know what? Maybe you're not quite as wise as you thought you were in that area. To say, Lord, show it to me. Reveal it to me. Is there anything that, that is blind spots in me that I'm not recognizing, that I'm not seeing? Is there anything in my life that I'm continuing to do that is not demonstrating wisdom from above, but I'm actually the devil's advocate? because I'm showing the, the, the wisdom of this life, this earth. This is why it's so important that we slow down, we rest, we check out from life sometimes, whether that's from social media or from the news or just from work or from other things, that we just say, Lord, do your work, search, know me. Let me look at scripture. Let me see what James is saying is wisdom and, and is this the wisdom that I live with? 